glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matt Bruning, back at it again on a late, late Friday night, November 16th. Due to it being as late as it is, unfortunately, I had some life stuff happen for me today. Uh, We will be having a fairly quick podcast again today, just like yesterday. For starters, we will go ahead and break down the game, the epic game last night between the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. And then I will go ahead and preview all of the games we have this Sunday for the full Sunday slate. Uh, Cannot wait for these games Sunday. Again, guys, we're getting into week 11 here. Technically, week 11 started last night with that game. Just three matchups left this week and then next two weeks before our fantasy playoffs start. Hopefully you guys are uh, doing great in your leagues and uh, somewhat have playoff spots secured. I do in, in most of my leagues, and it's such a better feeling than sitting there right in like the fourth to sixth seed trying to figure out if you're going to make the playoffs or not. That can be extremely stressful. Going over every single lineup decision three or four times a week, uh, I know that feeling. Been there multiple times. Again, if you guys want any help with your lineup decisions, you guys can always check out my rankings on the FLA blog on Medium. Uh, you can also find them on the FLA blog or at FLA app on Twitter. Also follow me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. You can always hit me up with any start sick questions. I'd be glad to help you guys whenever you guys want. Uh, send them and you can send them slide into my DMs. You can uh, send them to me. You can add, add them at me. Whatever you guys want to do, I'd be happy to help out in any way that I can. And uh, in all honesty, now guys, I'm going to ask for your help. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if you guys could get in there and uh, give me a rating on iTunes or Spotify and uh, leave a comment if you'd like. Again, uh, looking to give away some free stuff from the Dynasty Guru or QB List, uh, the two sites that I write for, or anything else. You know, I'd be willing to uh, hook you guys up with uh, whatever you guys want. You can always send me an email or a DM again on Twitter. Uh, I'd really appreciate that, trying to uh, build my audience a little bit more. And uh, to do that, I need uh, I need the ratings and the reviews on iTunes. The, the more I get, the higher up I move up the board. So I'd really appreciate that, guys. So that's what I'm asking from you guys, you listeners. Again, I'd really appreciate it if you guys did that. You don't have to. And if you, if you don't like it, you can leave me a bad review. I, I'm uh, open to uh, constructive criticism as I'd love to improve and uh, keep people uh, happy uh, and the listeners happy here, different things that they'd want and everything. So open to any and all suggestions. So with all that being said, let's just jump into what happened last night. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. So for last night's game, the Seattle Seahawks came away victorious 27 to 24 against the Green Bay Packers, a really good game. Not really at all what I expected. Uh, Green Bay kind of jumped up early on the Seahawks. 
And uh, it really looked like it was going to be Green Bay's game there in that first quarter and kind of the start of the second. Then Seattle came on strong, kind of brought the game back. Uh, Green Bay came back out, had a chance to score early, uh, did put up that field goal, uh, and it really looked like Green Bay was going to end away coming up or end up coming away with this victory in Seattle. Really, just kind of storm back Russell Wilson there on that last drive to give them the win, and, and it was a huge win for Seattle. Uh, they now stay kind of in that wild card hunt. There's really no way they're going to win this division with as good as Los Angeles has looked uh, so it was really key for them to win and the Packers is a huge loss too so it really is kind of dropping them out of that wild card rankings so for the for the Packers here Aaron Rodgers had himself a great game 332 yards and two touchdowns getting you uh, 21 points in fantasy great day for Aaron Rodgers obviously would have loved to see him get the win there uh, but definitely comes through for you which is good uh, kind of been struggling uh, getting below 20 points the past couple games good to see him come up for the running backs Aaron Jones yet again it looks like he's finally been freed we talked about this on Thursday's podcast would Aaron Jones see the kind of production and everything that he saw the week prior uh, and we got it from him it was great to see still only 11 carries in this game uh, we'd obviously love to see him get more but still 40 yards got the touchdown and then added 63 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game and that's huge in all honesty for Aaron Jones uh, as Jamal Williams has always been kind of perceived to be that receiving back if Aaron Jones can really become the sole focus of this running game and getting the passes as well out of the backfield kind of taking the reins of the RB1 he's gonna be a top 12 running back uh, maybe not obviously to finish out this year uh, but definitely going into next year if he keeps this role because Green Bay will likely be a top offense every year as long as they have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Uh, and he comes through for you with 24 points. I mean, again, he was just he was awesome. And this is exactly what I would expect for him going forward for the rest of the year. For the wide receivers here, it was all Devontae Adams. 21 points in fantasy for you guys in this game. 10 catches. Um, oh, my bad. Oh, man, sorry, guys. I had to cough really bad there. I didn't think I was going to get to the button in time. Uh, so, again, 10 catches for 166 yards. Just an awesome game for him and really the only guy that came through for you. Uh, you know, I really thought Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a good matchup there. Uh, he really did not do anything. Just a one catch on eight yards, one point in fantasy. Uh, I mean, I, I apologize to you guys on that one. That, that, I got to take the L on that. Uh, I was just really wrong on him. Uh, was right on Jimmy Graham, though. I've talked about it. I, I never was high on him. I thought he was very overrated. Just one point in fantasy in this game. The one catch for 13 yards. Uh, but Robert Tanyan came through for you. If you started him, I have no idea who the fuck that guy is. Uh, but 11 points in fantasy is he gets you the one catch for the 54-yard touchdown. Uh, was an awesome play, though. Good for him. I, I don't expect him to have real any fantasy relevance going forward. Uh, but it was, I'm sure, great for him to catch his first touchdown in the league. For the Seattle Seahawks, so Russell Wilson had a good day here. 18 points in fantasy, getting you 225 yards in the air, two touchdowns, and then adding just 17 yards on the ground. Obviously, we talked about it again on uh, Thursday's podcast. We love to see him rush more. That's where he's going to get a lot of his production. I mean, 40 yards rushing is a, a touchdown. It would be the points if you would get if he were to throw a touchdown, for instance. So, uh, not much there, but he still came through with you for the 225 yards and the two touchdowns. And again, not throwing it much, just 31 attempts there. Actually, out through uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers only had 30 attempts. 
So uh, definitely interesting to see that, though. For the running backs here, so Chris Carson dominated the backfield in carries yet again. 17 carries for 83 yards and the touchdown. Uh, some will probably question that, especially with as good as Rashad Penny looked. Uh, but Chris Carson's still going to be the guy right now. Get you 13 points in fantasy. Mike Davis comes up next and gets you six points in fantasy, just the 26 yards um, on the ground, but added in the receiving game, 24 yards on two catches. So uh, a little bit more involved there, uh, which is interesting because Rashad Penny uh, really at San Diego State thrived in the receiving game. So kind of surprised that he's not more involved there, uh, but does get you the 46 yards on eight carries, getting you four points in fantasy. And, and he looked damn good. I'm not going to lie. Um, I might have to start uh, really, I think I talked about it last week too, eating the L on Rashad Penny. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be that great of a running back. Uh, and so far, some of the runs that he showed me, I've, I've been fair, thoroughly impressed with him. Doug Baldwin came through at the wide receiver for you guys here at C in Seattle. Uh, we talked about it again. I thought he would score uh, this week. He does seven catches on 52 yards and a touchdown, getting you 14 points in fantasy. Tyler Lockett uh, still has a good day, though. Doesn't Struggles to get to double digits, 71 yards on five catches, getting you nine points in fantasy. And uh, David Moore got six points in fantasy, uh, 57 yards on four receptions. Got targeted a lot there more in the fourth quarter Quarter when they were trying to come back uh, with eight targets, which is interesting to me that uh, Russell seemed to be leaning more toward uh, David Moore than Doug Baldwin. Uh, and, I mean, that was really it. Ed, Ed Dixon caught the touchdown for you guys right down there at the end. I wouldn't have started him, but if you did, he got you eight points. Uh, I talked about I really liked Nick Vanette. I think Nick Vanette should have probably scored that touchdown, but it is what it is. It doesn't always work out for us in fantasy. So that breaks down that game. Hopefully you guys had yourselves some Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in your lineups uh, as both those guys, like I said, really came through for you in fantasy. And it's going to be interesting to watch especially on Green Bay's side, because they're not necessarily out of it, uh, but if they do get knocked out of it, what happens with that offense? Do they keep playing up to the level that they are? Do they mix stuff up? It's going to be interesting to see if there's any kind of coaching change with Mike McCarthy, and if he does leave, what kind of offense that they go to after that. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our game previews. Alright, so up first I have the uh, Carolina Panthers and the Detroit Lions going here. Uh, Carolina favored to win by 59% and are being given 4.5 points for Carolina. So obviously Cam Newton struggled a little bit last week in that matchup with the Steelers. I expect him to bounce back somewhat here. There is talk about uh, Darius Slay missing this game. Actually, never mind. He was uh, taken off the injury report, so Darius Slay should be good, which uh, is good news for the Detroit Lions defense as they have been just awesome against the pass so far this year. Uh, the past couple weeks been in the top 10, 7-7, uh, 4-8. Uh, so what that means for the passing game here in Carolina worries me a little bit. In all honesty, I would not trust any of these guys. I'd imagine Darius Slay is going to be lined up with Devin Funchess most of the time. Uh, so I think that that almost kind of negates Funches altogether. Uh, I do not like um, 
Jerry is right either. Uh, if I had to pick one guy, DJ Moore does intrigue me a little bit, uh, especially with the way they move him around. Him and Curtis Samuel coming in and out of the slot, I do think could have some success, but everybody else I would stay away from. And even that, DJ Moore, I think, is kind of a high upside play. Uh, I, I don't expect him to have a huge game here. do expect Christian McCaffrey to have a very good game here, though. Uh, Carolina does have very good linebackers, but as we've talked about before, uh, they don't really kind of cover very well. Uh, they're more into pressuring the quarterbacks. They so I expect Chris, um, I'm sorry, Detroit. Detroit does not have very good linebackers at all. I'm getting my linebacking courts mixed up here. Uh, so I expect Christian McCaffrey to have a good game. And uh, also running the ball, Detroit has not ranked higher than 26 against the run so far this season. So I expect Christian McCaffrey to not just get a lot of balls out of the backfield receiving-wise. I expect him to be able to roll up some yards in the running game this week. Uh, and I also like Greg Olson for the Panthers as well. I think he'll have... Uh, with all the coverages and everything shifting to DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Devin Funches, that uh, Greg Olson will be the matchup that Cam goes to more often than not. For the Detroit Lions, so Matthew Stafford has been really kind of bad here lately, and I, I really don't know what to think of it. I know some of it is on the offensive line, I'm sure. Uh, he's someone who's been consistently in the top 12, though. And he's just struggled. I, I don't know what to say about Stafford. Uh, I think if you've got him, he's definitely going to be in that mid-range, probably 12 to 15 still. Um, but if you've got someone better at this point, I think you've got to bench him until he can prove it. Losing Golden Tate, I think, is huge. They really still, even though on Johnson has looked good, I feel like they're still struggling to kind of establish the running game, which I think would really help them as well. For the running game here, uh, I think... If you've got on Johnson, you can start him, but I would be a little bit worried here. Uh, Carolina has been in the top 10 in the rush rush defense uh, the past couple weeks, been 9, 8, 8, 9. So they've been a, done a very good job of stopping the rush altogether. Uh, on though, can catch the ball out of the backfield, so if he can still kind of get that role, uh, I know Theo Riddick will still get a lot of balls out of the backfield. So if you're looking for a good uh, PPR option, he might be a good play here, uh, but carry on. I will likely still steal some receptions from him, probably three to five. Uh, and if he can do something with that, he might come through for you. For their wide receivers, uh, so Golden Tate, I'm sorry, Golden Tate's gone. I was going to go um, Kenny Galladay. I don't think any of these guys have good days this week. Uh, I was high on Kenny Galladay going into the week. Unfortunately, Marvin Jones has been ruled out of this game, and I think that's really going to hurt Kenny Galladay. Uh, because he's by far now their un unquestioned one with Marvin Jones being out. They're going to be relying on him, TJ Jones, and Bruce Ellington to kind of come up with offense here, and I just don't see it happening. The Carolina Panthers have a very good secondary. James Bradbury, I think, is a very underrated corner. He has been very good. Obviously, they have Captain Munderland as well. And uh, the rookie, Dante Jackson, has actually looked really good, though. He he didn't practice Friday due to a groin injury. Uh, if he plays, though, I think that they're going to be able to kind of double Kenny Galladay, and nobody else I can see really doing anything here, which is why I'd kind of steer clear from Stafford uh, and, and why I'd steer clear everybody else on this team but Theo Riddick and Carrion Johnson. Obviously, I'm a big Kenny G fan. I would love for him to come through for you in this matchup, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, and I do have the uh, the Carolina Panthers winning this game. 
Next up, we have what looks to be possibly a fantasy football frenzy in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. So the New York Giants are one-point favorites and are projected to win this, uh, or they're giving the 70% chance to win. For the Buccaneers, obviously at quarterback, Ryan Fitzmagic will be back at it again. If you've got him, I think he's an easy start, at least in my opinion. Uh, he has just been awesome. Even last week where he threw for 400 yards and no touchdowns, he still had himself a great day for fantasy, or a good day, putting up 18 points. Uh, this defense is, uh, the New York Giants defense has been middle of the road against the pass, so I expect Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson to have decent days here. Really like Chris Godwin this is week this week as well and I, and I do expect Mike Evans to bounce back uh, I, I'm not sure he has himself a huge day for 20 plus points uh, and he does have some tough matchups it's going to be interesting to see who they put Jack Rabbit on uh, I'm I'm I would imagine they're going to put him on Deshaun Jackson just due to the speed matchup there. He's one of those guys that could keep up with Deshaun Jackson, which means uh, that Mike Evans will have the better matchup, and I expect him to uh, have at least a decent day here. Um, not really big on O.J. Howard or Cameron Braid, although Cameron Braid's kind of been dead here for weeks. Uh, so not really big on either one of those guys. And uh, I do think you might, not even might, I think you can start Peyton Barber this week. Uh, so the Giants have been really not good at all, but actually pretty bad against the run the past couple weeks, ranking in the 20s. I think that uh, Peyton Barber looked somewhat decent last week. I didn't think he looked as great as other people did, but kind of going back over and watching the game pass of the highlights and everything, he had a couple of very good runs. Uh, I think this Giants defense can be beat by the run, and uh, he can probably gash them for a couple big runs, so I think Peyton Barber is worth a start this week for the Giants. So obviously... Eli has uh, just not not really been good, but I expect him to put up good numbers in this matchup because much like the Giants' defense, the Tampa Bay's defense is horrible, especially against the pass. So I expect Eli to be able to get the ball out. I expect Odell to have a big game here. Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, I expect all to have huge games here. Again, this, this defense has literally been right at the bottom and then the 30 to 32nd ranked defense against the pass. All year long, they have just been bad. Eli and these wide receivers should be able to eat here this Sunday. Uh, obviously, I like Saquon as well, but more because of what he will do in the receiving game here. This defense, uh, much like the Giants, has been very good against the run, not against the pass. Uh, while I, I, I expect Saquon Barkley to still put up some numbers, I expect him to have much like he did the Monday night game. You know, uh, about 60 yards rushing, but he's going to get you your points in the receiving game. That's kind of what he's been doing all season long, uh, and I expect him to continue that in this game. And I have the Giants winning this game. Next up, we have uh, what should be a very interesting matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. So right now, Baltimore is uh, being given an 80% chance to win this game, and they are four-point favorites. For Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, I don't know what to say about this guy anymore. Dalton started off so hot at the beginning of the season, it has really come down to earth, and I don't expect him to do much in this game. He got benched last week uh, for Jeff Driscoll. Baltimore has been a top four defense against the pass all year long, and that is going to continue. Add in the fact that A.J. Green is likely out, uh, has not 
technically been ruled out yet, though he is doubtful with the toe. I don't expect him to go. So now you've got, again, relying on the likes of Tyler Boyd, Cody Core, Alex Erickson, Auden Tate, and possibly John Ross, who again injured his groin and is questionable for Week 11. I don't expect Andy Dalton to do anything here. I don't like any of the wide receivers. In all honesty, I think you've got to avoid everybody on this team. If you have Tyler Boyd, I think you can start him just in the fact that Dalton's got to throw it to somebody, but I'm not expecting a big game here out of him again. I would not play Dalton, uh, and I'm really not that enthused about Joe Mixon either. This defense against the run has been in the top 10 more often than not. Uh, I do expect him... uh, I do expect him to play because he was removed off the injury report, but he was dealing with a knee most of the week, so that might limit him some in the game. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is back, obviously. He'll be active. Uh, I'd like him to put up some decent points just catching the ball out of the backfield, but not much. I'd expect him to get five to six points. And Joe Mixon, same thing. I expect him to get maybe eight to ten. I don't expect him to have a big game, but if you got him and Tyler Boyd, I think you have to start him. Other than that, though, I would avoid everybody here. For Cincinnati. For Baltimore's side here, we got to watch the quarterback thing, obviously. So there was a lot of talk earlier uh, this week that we would be seeing Lamar Jackson's first game uh, as a Baltimore Ravens starter. That may have changed now. So Joe Flacco, it seems pretty certain, is not going to start this game due to his hip injury. And uh, while he hasn't been ruled out yet, uh, he is doubtful with that hip injury. I don't expect him to play. The problem is Lamar Jackson has missed time because of an illness. So everybody has said that it's crucial for him to get these practice reps in just because he's been kind of focusing on the gadget plays. I hope Lamar Jackson plays, honestly, just as a football fan. I'd love to see him out there again. I've, I've compared him to the next coming of Michael Vick. I'd love to see him out there and running this offense. Uh, but if he doesn't play, RG3 is in there. And I don't know what to expect out of this offense. I imagine it's going to be a lot, and I mean a lot, of Alex Collins in this game. Uh, regardless of who starts, whether it's Lamar Jackson or RG3, and that might be very good news for you if you've got him, as the Bengals' defense has been horrible against the rush. So if you've got Alex Collins, you're going to start him. What helps them as well is that the Cincinnati Bengals' defense has well been extremely shitty against the pass as well. Uh, for me... I like John Brown to have a huge game here. I know I called for it last week, and maybe I need to to jump off the train here. I just can't. I really like John Brown. He's the guy I would go with. Obviously, if you've got Michael Crabtree, I think he's worth a play as well just because of his threat of scoring every time they get down into the red zone. Other than them, though, I would not play Willie Sneed. Uh, once Flacco comes back, I like Sneed's prospects a little bit more, especially in a PPR league. Uh, but I just don't know if you can trust Robert Griffin III or Lamar Jackson to check it down to Willie Sneed that much, and he's likely going to be the third, if not fourth, option in the passing game. Tight ends. So I called for it a couple weeks ago. Mark Andrews to get a touchdown, have a good game. Uh, they did go to him in the red zone twice, uh, but both times, uh, once he dropped it, the time the defender knocked it out of his arms. I don't know if I trust any of these guys this week. I think I would kind of steer clear for from them. If you have to start one in a desperate move or a bye week fill-in, it would still be Mark Andrews for me. I think he's looked the best. I think he's the best offensively or the best offensive tight end in this group. Other than that, though, again, unless it's an emergency bye week fill-in, I would not start him. Uh, And I have the Baltimore Ravens winning this game.
Next up, we have the Titans and the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. So Indianapolis, the 62% favorite to win this game here, and they are being given one point for Tennessee. Marcus Mariota has looked really good the past couple weeks, uh, and I expect that to kind of continue here. Indianapolis has been, uh, their defense has been good lately, um, but they're still kind of back end against the pass. Uh, Adoree Jackson has been really good for up oh, Tennessee. We're talking about Tennessee. Adoree Jackson's not going to be covering their own uh, their own players here, guys. Uh, so te- uh, the Indianapolis's defense though has kind of struggled here against the pass lately. And again, Marcus Mariota since coming back off that bye has looked really healthy. Uh, I think his uh, elbow is better than it has been so far this year. I really like him in this game, and I really like Corey Davis as well. Since Marcus Mariota has returned, Corey Davis has just looked good on point. They've been targeting him a lot. He's been on fire. I expect him to have a really good game here. Uh, Deion Lewis I like as well. Um, so the they have been good. Indianapolis has been very good against the run. Uh, been in about the top 15 most weeks. And uh, they have great linebackers, including Darius Leonard, who has just been awesome. For them, so I do think that uh, he'll be limited some in the rushing attack, but I do expect him to catch about five or six balls and put up points there. I do expect him to score a touchdown. Uh, so those are really the only two guys I like from the Titans, beside Marcus uh, and Jonu Smith. Same with Mark Andrews. I wouldn't play him unless you need an emergency bye week fill-in for the Colts. Now, so Indianapolis by hook or by crook, man. Andrew Luck has been getting it done and he's going to have to do that again this week as he's going up against one of the best pass defenses in the league. So Adoree Jackson, who I was just going to talk about a minute ago, will likely be matched up against T.Y. Hilton. I think you've got to avoid T.Y. Hilton at all costs. If I mean, I know it's easy for me to say that in redraft leagues you're likely playing him. I guess it's more of a DFS call. Uh, it, I would not play him in DFS, but I really don't expect T.Y. Hilton to have a big game here as Adoree Jackson has just been one of the better cornerbacks all year long. Uh, I'm not expecting a huge game out of Marlon Mack here either. Again, Tennessee's Tennessee's defense has just been awesome, not just against the pass, but against the run. Uh, Top 15 twice and then top 10 just last week against uh, the New England Patriots. Again, who had Sony Michelle, James White. They've been awesome limiting points out of the backfield. So I'm not expecting big games out of any of those guys. Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, or Jordan Wilkins. Where I think they're going to get the leg up yet again this week is going to be in a tight end spot. I think Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron are both worth starting this week. And then that's it. Andrew Luck and the two tight ends. Because I just don't expect him to be able to throw throw really on the secondary with T.Y. Hilton and all of his other banged up wide receivers. Uh, and I have the Tennessee Titans winning this game. Next up we have... The Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons, which should be a really good early matchup. Atlanta has got the 59% chance of winning here, and they are being given 3.5 points for Dallas. I mean, this is going to be extremely easy here. Start Ezekiel Elliott. Because while the numbers show that Atlanta's defense has been somewhat decent against the run, they've been right around the the low 20s. They got gashed last week by Nick Chubb. And I love myself some Nick Chubb. Zeke's better. Zeke is going to eat and eat and eat against this defense. I also 
would play, and it hurts me to say this, is I'm one of those people who really does not like Amari Cooper. Start Amari Cooper. I think he's going to have a big game here. They've been targeting him since they got him. Atlanta has one of the worst pass defenses in the league. I expect this to be a very high-scoring game for both sides, and as much as I hate to admit this as well, I think Dak Prescott is actually worth a start this week. I know he's been averaging less than 250 point, or 250 yards in the air. I do expect him to actually go over that this week uh, and get himself close to 300, if not over 300, and multiple touchdowns in what should be an offensive shootout. Those would be the only three players I would start, though. I, Cole Beasley on the outside chance, but I, I would not feel good about starting him for me. It would just be Dak, Amari, and Zeke. For Atlanta, so Atlanta obviously needs to win this game badly, much really, I guess, like uh, Dallas does. The difference is Dallas's defense is, well, better than Atlanta's. Uh, they've been in the top 10 uh, against the pass almost all year long. Again, we've talked about it before, they're a bend-but-don't-break defense. Uh, with that being said, I still like Matt Ryan to have to put up, he'll have to put up points to stay in this game because I do think Dallas is going to be able to score. Here, so uh, Atlanta will have to throw. I do expect Matt Ryan here to put up some points, and uh, I like Julio again this week. I do expect him to score for the third week in a row. Holy shnikes! So, uh, I also like Austin Hooper in this matchup. I think he uh, could have a very good game here for Atlanta as well. Not as high on Calvin Ridley as others. I think uh, his targets have kind of been decreasing over the past couple weeks. Uh, and I'm really just kind of liking the way Julio's been playing. I think it's going to be kind of fed to him and Austin Hooper as well as Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith. Uh, where I don't think either one of those guys have huge games here. Either Dallas, again, their defense has been in the top 15 against the run all year long. Haven't really been given up a lot of catches out of the backfield either to these running backs. Uh, that's where I would think most of both of their production will come from. Uh, I, I do think Tevin Coleman scores in this game and has himself a decent day, but I wouldn't expect a huge blowout, probably average you or get you right about 12 to 13 points in this matchup. And uh, I have the uh, Atlanta Falcons winning this game. Next up, we have the Houston Texans and the Washington Redskins. So Washington being given the 55% chance to win this game and they are being given three points. No, I'm sorry, Houston is being given three points and the 55% chance to win this game. Deshaun Watson. I think he's easily returned to must-start territory. Don't think he's going to be that top-five quarterback that he has been the past couple weeks, but I, I do like him in this matchup. Now, he is going up against a very good Washington Redskins defense. Uh, they were much better at the beginning of the year. Still are a top-four defense for fantasy altogether, and I still think a top defense in the NFL. Uh, but their pass defense has kind of struggled here as of late, and that's exactly why I think Deshaun Watson has himself a good game here. Again, not having Will Fuller is going to hurt him, but he still has one of the best wide receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, really interested to see what they do here with Kiki Kuti. Uh, so it's not for sure if he is going to play. He is still dealing with the hamstring injury and is questionable. They're saying it's a game-time decision. If he's out, they have just DeAndre Carter and Sammy, Sammy Coates and obviously their new addition in Demarius Thomas. Uh, I expect DT to actually have a good game here. Obviously, they will probably, uh, the Redskins will try and key in on DeAndre Hopkins. I'd imagine he's going to go up against Josh Norman most of the time. Though it, uh, though it does seem that Josh Norman hasn't been traveling as much this year as he has in the past. 
again, those guys will match up quite often. I think that leaves DT open and, and to make some good plays here. Obviously, he'll probably have HaHa Clinton Dix over him. Uh, but still, DT, I think he's an easy play this week. Obviously, if you have DeAndre Hopkins, you're starting him as well as he is just legit. Uh, and I do kind of like Jordan Thomas this week at tight end. Um, been kind of underrated here in catching touchdowns the past couple weeks. Uh, not getting a whole lot of targets, but still scoring. And really, that's all that matters for fantasy. Again, especially at the tight end position. As poor as it is, even if you only get one catch for a 10-yard touchdown, you know that's six, seven points right there. Uh, and that easily wins you almost most of the tight end positions at this point, especially with guys like George Kittle and everything on a bye this week. Uh, and if you have Lamar Miller for the Texans, I think you can start him, but I'm not expecting a huge game out of him. I would think he gets you maybe 7 to 12 points. For Washington, I... This game's going to be rough for Washington, I think. Obviously, dealing with all of the injuries at the wide receiver position, I don't know how Alex Smith is going to get it done, uh, but he's going to. He just finds a way to continue putting up his you know, 12 to 15 points in fantasy. He's like 170 to 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, but again, he's going to be relying on Mo Harris and Josh Doxson this week Uh I like Mo Harris a little bit more than I do Doxon, but I think Doxon has the touchdown upside. Uh, I would actually start Josh Doxon if you have him, and that, that is not easy for me to say. But if you have him, I think start him. I do think he has himself a, a decent day here. As Washington, I'm, I'm sorry, Texans defense has a uh, while they've improved against the past the past couple weeks. Uh, they have struggled against the past most of the year, uh, and I expect Washington to have at least a decent game here uh, again. Uh, Houston, very good against the run, so I don't expect Adrian Peterson to have a huge game here. Same thing, 8 to 11 points probably for Adrian Peterson. Not not a huge day, but he's going to be fed the ball, especially if they get up. Uh, but he's going to get the ball enough to get you some kind of production out of that position. And uh, then besides Josh Doxson, I actually kind of like Jordan Reed this week as well. I think Jordan Reed could uh, have himself a fairly good day for tight end, especially if uh, Josh Doxson and Mo Harris are going to get most of the, the the bad matchups here. And then uh, I actually have Washington coming in with the upset and winning this game. The next game we have is another one of the very interesting early morning games in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Pittsburgh is being given five points, and they are a 64% favorite to win this game. For Pittsburgh, going to be interesting to see what this Jags defense does. So obviously they shut down Pittsburgh twice last year, knocked them out of the playoffs. There was all kinds of uh, trash talk going back and forth. Jacksonville has just not been the same defense this year. And surprisingly enough, I bet most people wouldn't believe this. They are still the number one pass defense. They've been that since week four against the New York Jets. They've been the number one every week. And yet teams still seem to score on them. Most of that probably is coming against a run where they have just been absolutely god-awful. Which, of course, means James Conner is going to go off yet again this week. Uh, obviously, I don't think there was any fear about that anyway. Still technically in the concussion protocol, but he did practice fully Friday, so likely he'll be cleared before the game starts Sunday. I think if you've got Big Ben, hopefully you have a better option this week as I'm a little bit worried that he's not going to put up a lot of points this week. And uh, 
for the wide receivers, I mean, if you have Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, I think you have to play them, uh, as, as we've talked about before. And, and Juju showed it last Thursday night. All it takes is one play for those guys to make uh, make your fantasy days. And Juju showed that on his first catch in the first play for the Pittsburgh's offensive drive last week, scoring that 70-something touchdown, 70-yard touchdown. Uh, so for him, I think you just have to start both of them and hope that they give you something. I do expect both of them to score double digits, but not much other, not much more than that. Maybe get you right around ten or eleven points for Jacksonville. The problem for Jacksonville is their strength is their running game, which Pittsburgh is very good at stopping, and their weakness is the passing game, where Pittsburgh sucks. I don't expect Blake Bortles to have a huge game here. In fact, the only guy I would even trust to play on this team is Leonard Fournette and Dede Westbrook. I like Dede Westbrook. I think he's going to have some pretty good matchups here. He should avoid Artie Burns for the most part. Uh, And so I do think if Blake Bortles can actually throw the ball somewhat accurately, Dede Westbrook should have himself a good game. Dante Moncrief could be a low-end flex starter. Uh, I think, though, it has to come from a big play from him, which he's shown in the past that he can do. I just don't think it happens this week. Uh, and then Len Fournette, again, uh, even though this Pittsburgh defense has been s- uh, just stout against the run, they've been extremely good. We're talking about Leonard Fournette here. He is a top and elite back when he is healthy. He looked healthy last week, looked good. Should get more carries and a bit more involved in this offense, and especially with the way he was catching the ball last week in PPR League should help boost up your points and uh, have, unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game. All right, now we're going to move into the afternoon slate here. First game, the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. So Los Angeles is a 76% favorite to win this game, and they are being given seven points for Denver. I don't like anybody really for Denver, unfortunately, in this game. Los Angeles, by the numbers, has had a middle a middle pack defense here against the pass and the run, but from what I've seen, they've been very good against the pass and the run. Don't trust Case Keenum this week. I, I do kind of like Emmanuel Sanders just because I know he's going to get the volume. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I would not play this week. I could see him scoring a long touchdown in this one, but I just don't trust it. He did have that long touchdown last week that he dropped, or two weeks ago that he dropped in the end zone. Uh, I just don't like it against this defense. For me, it would just be Emmanuel Sanders and Jeff Hireman. I do like Jeff Hireman. I do think he could have a fairly good matchup here, and especially if they get down in the red zone, I could see him scoring. For the running backs here, I love Philip Lindsay. We all know this. He uh, He's an easy start for me, though I don't expect him to put up those RB1 numbers, uh, possibly low-end RB2 numbers with Royce Freeman back. I do expect them to be behind in this game, so they're likely going to be catch- playing catch-up, which should have Phillip Lindsay on the field more often than not, but Royce Fe- Freeman will steal some carries. Probably not any receptions from Phillip Lindsay, but he will steal some carries, so I do like Phillip Lindsay. Uh, and as for Royce Freeman, I would not play him this week. I need to see it. Uh, Sandy, or Los Angeles' defense has been really good against the run, and they're looking to get back Joey Bosa as well this week, which should really help them out even more, making them an elite defense. So Royce Freeman, sit him this week, uh, and if he proves it, you know, that is what it is, but I think he's got to prove it before I think about starting him. For Denver, I'm sorry, for Los Angeles here. So, Philip Rivers, 
I don't think is going to have a huge game here, and I don't think Tyrell Williams or Keenan Allen will as well. Denver's defense against the pass has been extremely good. Um, while these guys are obviously division rivals and have played each other multiple times, uh, so they they kind of know each other and everything. I expect this to be a very hard-fought game. I don't expect it to be a shootout, uh, and I do expect Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, and Phillip Rivers all to kind of struggle in this game. I don't expect them to go off. Likely, Phillip Rivers is going to get you anywhere from 15 to 18 points. Uh, I would expect Tyrell Williams and Keenan Allen to get you double digits, but not much more than that. The two guys that I would start for Los Angeles are Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Denver has been god-awful against the run all season long. And I expect that to continue. Melvin Gordon has been awesome all year, not just running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think regardless of how often they use him or Eckler or split him, both these guys should come through. I would start both of them, though. Melvin Gordon, obviously going to be right up there at the top. Austin Eckler, I would imagine, is going to be kind of a middle-tier RB2. So if you have guys better than him, obviously you can start them over him. But I do expect Eckler to have a decent game here. Uh, and I expect the Chargers to win this game. Next up, we have the Oakland Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. So, Arizona is being given the 54% chance to win this game and being given 5 points. For the Raiders, uh, don't don't start anybody. If, if you want a Raiders, that, that would be my advice. Uh, don't trust Derek Carr. Uh, you know, I don't trust uh, any of his wide receivers. Jordy Nelson and Martavius Bryant are both out with knee injuries. So, you're looking at... Saeed Blacknell, Marcel Aitman, Dwayne Harris, Johnny Holton, and Brandon LaFell, Seth Roberts. Just avoid all of them. I, I couldn't play any of these guys. Jared Cook. Uh, I could see playing Jared Cook, though I don't expect him to have a great game here. Again, this has been a top 10 defense against the pass. Doug Martin and Jalen Richard. Uh, I do expect both of them to put up RB2 numbers. Uh, Jalen Richard mostly with PPR. Doug Martin with rushing. This defense has struggled against a run. You know, if you have to start somebody, I would not feel comfortable starting either one of those guys, but they are, I guess, worthy of starting if you need it. I have Arizona winning that game. And then probably the primetime matchup in the late games here, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans being given the 74% chance to win this game, and they are 8-point favorites for Philly. This is really kind of a must-win game for them, and I would go all-in on Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, and Golden Tate this week. I don't know what happened from last year to this year, but New Orleans' defense against the pass has been absolutely putrid. I do think that these guys are going to be able to put up points, and, well, we've seen Doug Peterson doesn't really use the running game, which sucks because New Orleans' defense, or which is good, I'm sorry, because New Orleans' defense against the rush has been legit. Top 10 since week number 3 against Atlanta. They have just been awesome against the run. I like Josh Adams. I just don't expect him to have a good game here. I've talked about him before. Obviously, Adams is a very highly rated prospect coming out of Notre Dame. I would steer clear of everybody in this backfield, but Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, and Zach Ertz should have themselves a game here in what's likely going to be a very high-scoring matchup against the New Orleans Saints. For New Orleans, I do expect Drew Brees, obviously, to have himself a good day as well here. Um, for them, obviously, the defense here in Philly has uh, is, is almost exactly the same as New Orleans. They've been horrible against the pass, really good against the run. 
I just don't think that that matters much for Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, especially with as much as they catch the ball out of the backfield. Obviously, Mark Ingram had the huge day uh, last week. I don't expect him to do quite that good this week, but I do expect him to produce. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I just expect him to ball out yet again. For the wide receivers, I think it's all Michael Thomas, and that's it. I, I don't know how you can trust anybody else. I obviously like Traquan Smith as a talent. I do think he's very good. I do think that he could score one touchdown on a big play again like he did last week. But I do think that that's kind of hard to trust against this. Uh, even though Philly has struggled again uh, against the pass, I do think that that's kind of hard to to trust and expect out of Traquan Smith. So if you're starting him, you're just praying for the upside and him getting that touchdown. And then that's it, man. Ben Watson, I could see starting at tight end as well if you need a bye week fill-in. I have New Orleans winning this game. And then last but not least, the Sunday night game, the battle for the NFC North here. The Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears should be a great matchup. So Chicago being given the 57% chance to win this game, and they are two-point favorites for Minnesota. Man, it's going to be hard to start Kirk Cousins this week, but I think you've got to do it. Chicago's defense is the number one overall fantasy defense. On top of that, they have been top four against the rush all year long, but just the top 18 the past couple weeks against the pass. Now, they have slowly gotten better here the past couple weeks against the pass, but I do, and again, you're also talking about not having Khalil Mack for most of those games as well. That could be an issue. I like Kirk Cousins in this game. I know this offensive line is beat up. I do expect them to be able to get after Cousins a little bit. And, of course, what worries me, though, with Cousins as well is Adam Thielen's injury. Now, he was removed off the final injury report for the week, uh, for week 11, but he's been dealing with a back and calf issue that does worry me a little bit. But obviously, if they removed him from the list, they feel comfortable with him. So hopefully, he doesn't have any kind of flare-ups or anything or take a bad hit that knocks him out, especially with a back injury. I expect Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen to have themselves a game here. And I even like Stephon Diggs. I would start Stephon Diggs as well. That's it, though. Uh, I don't trust Dalvin Cook, although he will be back, and they say that he is 100% ready to go. I think if Dalvin Cook does anything for you, it's going to come mostly out of the receiving game as, again, this team has been top four against the rush all year long. I just don't see Dalvin Cook putting up a lot of rushing yards on this stout New uh, New York Chicago Bears front seven. Uh, I really like them to kind of slow down Dalvin Cook. For me, obviously, if you have Cook, you're starting him. You can't pull him out of your lineup. Just don't expect a big day out of him. For the Chicago Bears, ah. Uh, can Mitch do it again? I guess that's the real question here. So Minnesota, at the start of the year, was just horrible against the pass, and they've really kind of come on here as of late. Uh, I do expect them to kind of be able to shut these guys down. Uh, I, I don't expect Allen Robinson to have a big game here. Don't expect Mitch Trubisky to have a big game here. I do like Trey Burton and Anthony Miller, though. I do think both of those guys will be able to come through for you in fantasy. Anthony Miller as a flex option. Uh, Trey Burton as a top 12 tight end this week. Where Mitch is going to come through for you, I do have him ranked in my top 12, is is with the rushing, I think, in this matchup. I do think that he's going to be able to build up some rushing yards. I don't think he's going to be able to pass the ball that well. But much like... The Chicago Bears defense, these guys have been awesome against the run. So I'm not expecting Jordan Howard to do anything, and I really don't like Tariq Cohen either. These linebackers for Minnesota are just awesome. 
They are lights out. I don't expect them to allow Tariq Cohen to do a whole lot here, so I think it's going to come down to Trey Burton, Anthony Miller, and Mitch Trubisky. And if A-Rob can make a big play here, and I'm not expecting it, uh, and I have Minnesota coming through and winning this game. So, that will do it for me today, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Sorry for cutting it so short. Dealing with strep, all kinds of other stuff. Probably why I've sounded, you guys have probably noticed I've sounded so naked easily this entire pro- uh, podcast it's just just kicking my ass right now guys uh so i do apologize about that if i sound just out of it it's been a long couple days uh but again thank you so much for listening please feel free or, or please reach out rate and review the show reach out to me let me know who you were if you rated or reviewed it i will hook you guys up with something because i really do appreciate that like i said trying to grow the audience a little bit more uh, and get my name out there uh, as much as possible so i really would appreciate that i will be back again tomorrow with my college football podcast, uh, will not have my wide receiver article up for QB list. I just have not been able to nail down a top 10. It has been extremely hard. That I'm looking uh, to probably put that out on Monday. Uh, and I will definitely tweet that out again if you guys follow me at SportsFanaticMB. You guys can read that. I'll make sure to uh, let everybody know when that comes out. Other than that, good luck Sunday, guys. Again, getting closer and closer to the uh, the fantasy football playoffs. going to be great. Can't wait. I mean, can kind of wait because that means the season's almost over. But, you know, just good luck this weekend in your matchups. Hope that the fantasy gods grant you guys a win and help push you closer and closer to the playoffs. Enjoy watching the games. And then we will talk again about the NFL on Monday. Until then, guys, peace. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide already. It is in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.